0: Welcome back listeners, it's Jess, this is the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast, I'm here with my ho-host. Yo ho-host. <gasps> oh, it did kind of sound like that. Okay. What? Okay, I'll be a ho <laughs> No, you will not Amber Rose. <laughs> Ooh,
1: okay, well, I am <laughs> the host, <laughs> co-host, <laughs> Nikki Lauren.
0: Welcome back, Nikki. We missed you.
1: Did you? Yes. How was the West Coast? I love the Left Coast. It's the best thing ever. Like, I just feel like compared to New York, I was literally so relaxed when I got there. Like, as soon as I got off the plane, I was like, this is where I belong. And then they put us in the Ritz Carlton. So I was like, (sighs) Can't go back to the Marriott after this. You are such a classy bitch. I'm just saying. I even literally like the pillows and the mattress before I left. Like I had been having problems with my back and my neck. And I've been going to physical therapy for it. And when I got there, I was like, this bed is amazing. These pillows are amazing. Every day I woke up, I did not have any aches or (laughs) pains. As soon as I got back the other day, I I wake up. It's like, oh, my back, my neck, my neck (laughs) and my back. I'm gonna buy those pillows. My mom says she's gonna help me out. They're Who really- are
0: they by? Tell um, me offline. They're not paying us.
1: Yeah, that. Um, but yeah, I called the Ritz-Carlton. I was like, "Can you tell me the name and brand?" You of the are such a
0: and like. Baby bed? I need it. That's such like a publicist assistant like skill to have. That it's like I need to know this. Let me research how do I find out.
1: Yeah, that? I'm gonna get them. So I'm excited about my new pillows and my feather bed and life is going to be good. But yeah, I did a spiritual reading. Please explain. Yeah, so we were in Marina del Rey, which is very close to Venice, and we just passed, like, a spiritual healing place, and I was like, oh my God, I need a reading. And I went in there, and it was super emotional. Like, when I tell you, Waterworks, like, but it was good, though. But I will give you guys one little tidbit. She did say that I'm going to be a CEO of a company, so... Touch and agree on that,
0: everybody. Oh, touch and agree. I'm excited for you. <laughs> now, when you said you got a spiritual reading, I was just like, okay, Jada Pinkett, combining all your <laughs> combining beliefs.
1: Yeah, like it was intense. I was like, she was like, so do you want to know about someone that has passed away? Ooh, yeah. Like she called on the spirits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you are so brave. <laughs> it was intense, um, but it was good. So LA was good.
0: Oh, yay. Well, glad to have you back for five minutes before you jump ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we missed you over here. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Um, So we want to start off this week, as per usual, with a fashion tip recommended by Nikki
1: Lauren. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> so uh, here's the thing. There is a trend that has been going around for a while. Of, like, I call them naked dresses. Naked? Yeah, I call them that. I got that from the Rugrats when I was little. They would never say naked. They'd be like, you're naked. I don't know. Anyway, naked dresses are fun. They're great on the red carpet, but they don't always translate so well in real life. A naked dress is like, it gives you the illusion that the person is just wearing like embellishments, there's nothing. That they're nude beneath. So give the people an example. I'm getting near, girl. Sorry. So, (laughs) so uh, one of the first or the most notable Nike dresses was um, Beyonce's Givenchy dress that she wore to the Met Gala Like, three or four years ago Mm -hmm. that uh, everybody accused Kim K of replicating.
1: When she had the side ponytail.
0: Yes. Okay, great. And it's just basically sheer. It has a lot of sheer accents Mm -hmm. or lace accents. And, yeah, it can be nude under. But, like, the really, really, like, couture ones, it's just, like, the sheer material. Mm -hmm. There's no, no, like, um... What's the word I'm looking for? Lining under it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think stylists do a really great job of like really creating that nude illusion. And in real life, people will do this with like a sheer and a lace kind of thing, which I think can be really cool and really fun. But you have to execute this properly. If you are a person who is trying to free the nipple, this is not for you. If you don't mind your whole breast or your whole nip being exposed this
1: isn't for you but is that the look though I don't see
0: for some people it is a look especially if you look at the way that things are presented on the runway I think that people sometimes think that I don't think people always understand that the way something is presented on the runway is the way that people even the designer expects for it to be worn in real life Mm -hmm. because people are cognizant of the fact that in regular everyday life, your average woman can't just walk around with her whole nipple out. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the look, but I do think that there are people who want to make a statement. Like when Mackenzie and I went to First Saturdays mm-hmm. at Brooklyn Museum, we walked by a girl who just fully had like a sheer top on, full breast out. Mm-hmm. And it was like so jarring because I'm like, you're not breastfeeding. You really are just out here mm-hmm. and... It's like, oh, more power to you. But like you said, is that the look that you're going for in a formal gown? Probably not, unless you're on a runway. Mm -hmm. But I just feel the need to say that because I don't want anybody coming and telling me that I'm shaming
1: them. So, okay, as it relates to a formal gown, how do you wear it? Like, are you wearing a nude bra under it? Like, what do you do? So you have a couple
0: you have a couple options. The it depends on the neckline, of course. Nine times out of 10, your best bet is going to be a Mm U-plunge bra, which I think U-plunge bras are amazing. I wish they came in my size. Um, And it literally just in the middle looks like a U. It's like a super deep dip and it gives your boobs support just on the sides. So most of the, depending on the design of the dress, wherever the nude is, it's going to just hide your nipples and your boobs and give you support. I love a good You Plunge bra. I think they're amazing and I pray they make them my size. Another option is, like you said, pasties, like nipple covers. The thing is, though, everybody's nipples are not the same color as their skin. Exactly. So you have to be very careful about the color that you choose for your nipple. Co- Stop looking at me like this. <laughs> what? so i read a couple of different tricks about this one girl was saying that if your nipples are that you should match if you're a fairer skinned that you should match your nipple covers to your skin mm-hmm. and not to the color of your nipple because it will just look like a big ass nipple which yeah. makes sense right again my boobs are too big to be even trying that with anything so i can't test this theory out you should totally test this out my thinking is, if you are like a, a black girl, a darker skin girl, your nipples are likely darker than your skin. Mm-hmm. I would think you would match your skin,
1: yeah. not your
0: nipples. So, yeah. And not a clear pasty. And not a clear. That's just like those clear bra straps. They're not invisible. They're clear. We yeah. still see it. And you want to make sure that you get like a quality nipple cover because... It almost looks just as crazy if you're out there with something. It just looks like a lump of, like... Of transparent tape. Yeah. Like, you you may as well just put some fucking masking tape on your nipple or something. I was on Amazon today as I was, like, researching this, and there are a bunch of different options. Mm -hmm. Um, I always recommend reading reviews on Amazon. I think that that's such an amazing tool. And even people on there will tell you, like how to match the color but y'all please don't do not go out there with a whole I can't stop laughing because we just saw this and it was like whoa
1: like what are you doing
0: yeah I don't like it was not her intention and it was just like nobody told you like stand in some natural sunlight and make sure that you're not exposed if that's not what you're going for And a couple of other options, though, because there are a lot of like sheer pieces this season, Mm -hmm. like a lot of like full sheer dresses. I really love the look of like a sheer dress with either like the slip dresses from the 90s that are Mm -hmm. coming back Mm -hmm. under it or with just like a really cute bralette, like those lacy strappy bralettes Mm -hmm. and denim. I love seeing like a sheer dress with like skinny denim or distressed denim. It's a really cool way to like combine different aesthetics. It's like a way to make something super pair something super feminine with something like more casual. Yeah. I absolutely love that. It's like a duality of woman. Another really cute option that I saw, obviously, you could just do a crop top, but as it is getting colder, a girl did just like a long sleeve, like button down mm-hmm. with like a like a shirt dress with a sheer dress over it. It was so cute. Really? Yeah, like you can really have fun with layering when it comes to shears like sheer casual stuff. But when it comes to formal wear, get the proper undergarments. And that's a little bit tricky for us because as brown girls, you know, like all nudes aren't created equal. But take the time to research and try to find those things because we mm-hmm. really don't want y'all to be out here at like the mayor's ball.
1: And you taking pictures. And your nips out. <laughs> and you with Mayor uh, de Blasio or
0: and Mayor And <laughs> Instagram flag your pictures and you
1: like, what the fuck? <laughs> or people screenshotting you and
0: they group messages. All right. And that's it for the fashion tip. We'll be right back with our social topics. Stay tuned. All right. So with regard to social topics, the thing that has been buzzing all day on the internet has been this quote unquote scandal between young Thug and Jerica Carly Jerica Lee his girlfriend I'm fiance just Jerica. okay Jericha his girlfriend fiance 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 because I feel like I feel like the celebrity timeline is so. Like, their concept of time is very different from ours. Mm -hmm. I feel like they'd be dating for, like, five minutes, and then they'd be, like, we're engaged. And then ten minutes later, they're having a baby.
1: Well, they've been engaged for a minute now, I feel like. Yeah. There's been no wedding. Well,
0: yeah, but I feel like the engagement came really quickly relative to, like, when they started dating. But, again— But
1: you know what? Okay, before I unfollowed a whole bunch of crappy people on Instagram— she was her and like you remember. Oh God, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Um, Hollywood posh. Yes. So I used to like follow that whole circle, right? Yeah, so, I remember. <laughs> so like I was like connecting the dots and putting pieces together. I before people really knew her, but well, she always had like a large following. But before it became more mainstream, I guess I think they they did kind of know each other.
0: Yeah, she. I mean, she told like this story of how they met and knew each other, but it still just. Ha- I don't know. When I say time, I even mean, like, the age. It's like, y'all are, like, 12. 12. Like, I don't know. Even, like, with the whole Kylie possibly being pregnant thing, and we talked about this last week, Mm -hmm. but it's still just, like, you're, like, 12. Like, why do you want this? Why now? Anywho, so the tea is Young Thug had a—I'm just going to call it a burner phone. (laughs) Like, a (laughs) private phone that apparently one of his homeboys left behind Jerrica got into it and found photos, nakey photos, nakey. sexed messages, sexting <laughs> and all kinds of shit and posted it all over social media like basically exposing the different girls who were in the phone mm-hmm. and one of which it seems like they were different girls
1: the girl i saw this morning on the shade room she looked her she had very masculine features yeah but the girl i just looked at was totally different
0: yeah she looked like she might have been cute had we had the emojis not been covering her face but anyway
1: but why who who put the emojis over
0: her face that's i was wondering i'm not sure i don't know if she did it or she because i don't follow her on snapchat and i don't really even be on snapchat like that but anyway So she, you know, posted these pictures everywhere, like calling the girl out, whatever, whatever. But then later on posted a picture of herself, like wearing her engagement ring with a very like cryptic message that still doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Hold on. Let me. I have to pull it up because I genuinely was like, wait, what what does this say? And what is she like trying to say? It didn't make sense. So she said the race is to the one that endures to the end with a crown emoji and a butterfly emoji to which I say, what? Say what now girl, let me repeat. <clears throat> the race is to the one that endures to the end. Crown emoji, butterfly emoji. What the fuck
1: does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Bitches be wanting to sound smart. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, West Coast, you were in L.A. for five minutes and you come back with an Oakland accent. Calm down.
1: Mark Buster. All right.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Taking applications for a new co-host. I don't know what the hell she was trying to say, but here's my thing about this whole thing. Don't make a whole fuss in public about your dude cheating when, number one, if your dude has a private phone, like... You should I don't believe in snooping in people's phones regardless. But if your dude has a whole ass private phone mm-hmm. that you don't even get to see or, quote unquote, have access to major red flags. OK. Yeah. But then also, if you're just going to stay, don't do all this. Don't make a big stink. You need to do like a Nico. A Nico ain't say shit because a Nico knows she ain't going nowhere. A Nico
1: ain't going nowhere my homegirl swear she looks so sad in those recent pictures that surfaced from her baby shower i don't think she looks i don't think all. she looks at all girl you know people just be reading into stuff shout out to my girl Brittany.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i just i don't see the point and even not even just for celebrity women but women just every day like who we know like they'll make this big, dramatic declaration to like their friends, like, oh, he cheated on me, fuck him, da-da-da-da. But it's like, well, but you're going to stay. And there's no shame in that. Like, if if you are a person who feels like, well, I'm not going to let an infidelity ruin my relationship or, you know, like you just don't care whatever reason, then that's fine. But if you choose to stay, don't make a big stink about it. Mm-hmm. And then you're also exposing these other women Which I think is it's fucked up on their part, for sure, to be like engaging with uh, somebody who is engaged in that manner. But for you to put their business out there like that makes you shitty, too, because you're not calling him out. You're calling them out. And he's mm-hmm. the one who owes you something. Yeah. So I really thought that was shitting on her part, too.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Even if the girl, the girl most recently that we saw today, it was like the girl was her friend. She allegedly, like... Alleged friend. Uh, Right. And you have thoughts about that.
1: I do. I just feel like people be throwing out sis and friend and brother and shit too quickly. Or they just don't understand the term. Like, I use the term friend very loosely. And best friend, like, is rare. Um, But a lot of people, they feel like they... Wait, you use the term friend loosely? I don't. I don't use it loosely. Oh, okay. I was about to say, no, you don't. I don't (laughs) use it loosely. Thank you for that. And best friend is, like, maybe two people. Yeah, that's rarefied Um, air. But, yeah, I feel like a lot of girls these days, they feel like in this social media age... Like, oh, I have, like, all these followers. I have all these Facebook friends. And they kind of, like, take it, like, seriously. Right. Man, you don't really know these people. Like, if you lost your job today, who gonna help you out? Right. You know what I'm saying? They got $5 to buy you a meal or something like that. Like, I just feel like people, people use the term loosely and they don't mean it. So, I don't know this girl like that. But I feel in my spirit mm-hmm. that maybe this is what could have happened. You know, she felt like this girl was cool with her when really she was plotting on her man. The whole time. Have you heard that
0: horrible song?
1: song.
0: Stiller Man, Stealer Man. You never heard that song? No, I never I have to find her. it on YouTube for you. No, it is no. hilarious. Do not say because it's basically children. They're like you. children.
1: I will block you.
0: I have ways. It's fine. You're gonna get this song. Anyway, um, that's just my thing. I don't see the point in exposing all these other women when really if you're that pissed off about it how let y'all do
1: how let y'all do in private but could this be a publicity stunt like do they have something on the horizon you always think about
0: things from a pr standpoint and i love it that is a possibility
1: like Like, are they trying to pull a black china and rob even though people don't really care for them like that Mm -hmm. like they he obviously has a fan base but Mm -hmm. i don't think people are checking for jerica like they're checking for black china True tea. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why she would do it. I, I think it's bad publicity of anything.
0: Well, and and immaturity as well. Because for me, if I, that, yeah, I think that that's just a, that's a level of immaturity that like we've surpassed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're just gonna stay, just keep it to yourself. There's no point in raising hell and quote unquote slut shaming or revenge porn exposing like these other women because yo dude ain't shit so good luck wait what's that attorney's name she gonna come out of nowhere and (gasps) defend one of them girls
1: lisa bloom if i see lisa bloom tomorrow i am going to slap
0: everyone one of them girls gonna show up with a law and order svu wig like ada wig with that you know that deep that deep swoop side curl Mm -hmm. over there to Mm -hmm. the side and they going to have like a written statement. I am one of Young Thug's mistresses.
1: I'm the mistress. No, I'm the mistress. The, right. I'm no. the peppy. Who the pappy? I'm the pappy. <laughs> 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 Is
0: that it for our, soc, for our social That's topic? It. I'm
1: sick of talking about these losers. I'm just kidding. They're not losers. They're just lying.
0: They're entertaining, but fair. All right. We'll be right back. And now it's the part of the show where we tell someone to sit your ass down. So I've been wanting to tell this person to sit down for a while. But I held back because I was hoping she was going to like redeem herself. That at some point there would be a method to the madness. All of her shenanigans would come together and they just haven't. So today I really just need for Amber Rose to sit Sit her ass down. I'm like, I'm over it. I'm over her narrative. I'm over her doing things, trying to get validation for them, but then hoping that someone's going to attack her. And then when they do, she points the finger and says, You're slut shaming me. I just, I think she's bastardized the term slut shaming. I think that there is a thing called slut shaming. It's mostly involved with victim blaming and it involves a lot of misogyny internalized as well. And like she has such a great opportunity here to make feminism real for black girls. Cause I think a lot of black women don't think feminism is for them. And there's like a real opportunity there to like teach people about things, but to call yourself a hoe doesn't take away what that means you're not a hoe because you like to have sex you're not a hoe because you have had sex you're not a hoe for dressing in revealing clothing you're just a person who is living your life you cannot take ownership of a word that just really shouldn't even exist so it's just really weird to me That people will say, oh yeah, I am a hoe. I am a slut. I am a, no, you're not. You're just a person who has sex. You are a sexually active person and that is what you are. Leave it at that. I just, I feel like what she's doing is something that a lot of people do. And it's like, you want someone to tell you that it's okay to do that. And it is okay. You're a human person with sexual desires. That is okay, but you can't go to the world looking for them to, to make you feel comfortable about who you are. And I feel like that's what she uses her platform for. Mm -hmm. And I just don't see it for that. It's like, it's not the world's job to make you feel good about you. Mm -hmm. You have to do that yourself and you have to stop trying to quote unquote, reclaim a word that just does not apply to you. What is a home? I honestly kind of don't think that hoes exist. I don't think it's a thing because when you try to define it, it really just comes down to me sounding like you're just a person who has sex. Your sex may be different from what people consider standard sex to be, but I'm just, I'm not finna sit there and do that. I'm not finna be like, because I feel like, especially on social media, dudes think any woman who has sex is a hoe. (laughs) If you're not a virgin, you're a hoe. Mm
1: -hmm. And that
0: to me is just what it is i think from a societal standpoint it's just any woman who's not a virgin is a hoe okay and i don't accept that like i that's bullshit i don't think that it exists
1: so what is amber rose's uh slut walk what is it about like what is the point of it
0: it's supposed to be like slut shaming is what happens when a woman is like sexually assaulted in some way And people, instead of faulting the person who committed the crime against her, they ask her what she did to cause it. It's like, what were you wearing? How much did you have to drink? Well, have you had sex before? Well, are you promiscuous? That's victim blaming. That's slut shaming. Mm -hmm. Bringing up someone's sexual history as validation for why they were sexually assaulted is slut shaming. Is a form of slut shaming. So... A part of the protest is I can walk around naked as fuck if I want to. And you still don't have the right to touch me. I'm still not asking for it. It's still not my fault. And that stuff, I understand. But what she does, a lot of the things that she does just comes off to me as attention seeking. Mm -hmm. And we had this conversation about um, breastfeeding and like freeing the nipple and stuff. And you felt like some people are just like looking for attention as opposed to being activists. And I think that it's a fine line. I think that in order to normalize something, you do have to present it over and over again. But for some reason, the way Amber Rose does it, it just comes off as attention seeking and I'm over it. Okay. I just wanted to sit down. I'm tired. I want someone else to pick up the torch and take over the slut walk so that it can be what the fuck it's supposed to be. Because it's not, I'm not going to sit here and, and like assuage your fears that having sex is okay because it is
1: (laughs) so i want to go back to what you said about um you know being able if you want to walk down the street naked you should be able to do that and no one should have the right to feel like they need to touch you or they can sexually assault you or whatnot so going back to the video that surfaced with her and black china recently when black china had on the thong and
0: yeah that was from the slut walk that
1: that was the slut walk
0: where she had on the cape the like captain save a, a whole sh- cape and she was wearing that 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 blonde wig yeah and, and then black china china's wearing like that yeah
1: uh-huh okay so black china was on the stage and she's like you know shaking her ass and shit so like how how does that relate to is that slut shaming or like does that go
0: but see that's the thing what what they're trying to say is i can do all of this, I can be as sexual as I want to be mm-hmm. or I can just be existing in a space however the hell I want to, whether it be in a, a thong and a sheer dress or whatever. Mm-hmm. You still don't have the right to touch me if you have not been explicitly given permission to do so. Okay, And I think that is I think there's supposed to be like a celebration of women's sexuality in a safe space that I support especially for Black women, because we don't have a healthy view of our sexuality. That I could go on and on about that. But I think that it's important for Black women to embrace their sexuality in whatever healthy ways they choose to, as long mm-hmm. as you're not hurting anybody else. That I support. That's perfectly fine. But when you, basically, it's almost like she sets traps f- when she knows someone's going to attack her. The way that you combat that is to not respond to those fucking people. Mm -hmm. You don't say, well, yeah, I am a hoe, so what? You just say, listen, I'm a human woman who has sex. I have a baby. I'm obviously not a a virgin. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, so I get where that comes from. I think that that's just supposed to be like a celebration of like black female sexuality in a safe space. And I get that. But that's just like the same thing as how people don't think that strippers can be sexually assaulted. Mm Mm-hmm. If you touch somebody in a way that they don't want to be touched, where you have not been given permission to touch them, that's sexual assault. Okay. And it's like, people would rather argue the semantics of that than just admit that you shouldn't touch women who don't want to be touched.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And that's weird to me. And I feel like she has an opportunity to express those things and to give people real life examples and to really delve into the source of this kinds of thinking But she uses it more as a way to like defend her own actions. And I just think that's weird. And I want it to stop.
1: I have a random question. Do men get sexually assaulted? I'm sure they do. Yeah. Anybody can be sexually assaulted. I'm saying, but do we hear, like, have you ever heard of a case where a man was sexually assaulted by a woman or something? I have heard dudes who I
0: know told me when they were younger that like an older girl not woman but an older girl would like touch them or something like that
1: and it was like do you know that you were molested okay this is a good conversation because I wonder because like a lot of times with girls when they are molested at a young age like they that stays with them throughout the course of life pretty Mm -hmm, much mm -hmm. and a lot of times more often than not I should say a lot of times those girls are uh, hypersexual. Yeah,
0: it manifests itself in like a hypersexuality. Uh, yeah.
1: But for guys, do you hear
0: those stories? Does See, that I'm again? not I'm not well versed. versed on this matter and I'm not a dude. So I can't say. But I know for the dudes who have told me that they had experiences with older women when they were younger they didn't seem to be negatively impacted by it, but it could also be because society tells them that that's okay, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. it's cool for an older woman to want you or something yeah. like that.
1: And I wonder if that is a thing.
0: We it probably is. We should definitely look into this. Listeners, if you know something about this, send us an email, ncbpodcast at gmail.com. Please do.
1: Um,
0: there was another thing that I wanted to say too as a spinoff to what you just asked, but it has slipped my mind. So, yeah, with that being said, Amber Rose, stopped. And then, oh, my God, last thing, the video where she was just like, y'all trying to say my boyfriend, not Savage no more. Her boyfriend being 21 Savage, who is
1: a rapper,
0: a child compared to her. <laughs> He's like, at the, you know, like a trap rapper or whatever. Mm-hmm. And people were, were just like, because he was at the slut walks and I'm a hoe too and like being super supportive of her movement that he's not savage anymore and she's just like what the fuck do y'all want him to do pistol with me or beat my ass and it's like why are those only two options sis like expand your thinking expand your thinking not to say that people should be attacking him for supporting his woman I feel like well how much more straight can you be how much more hetero can you be as Mm -hmm. a man other than to support a beautiful woman like come on i and you know that black masculinity is extremely fragile so that doesn't even surprise me but that question that she asked it was like sis there are other options way more options but oh well it was weird so amber sit down read some books um on the matter and come back more equipped to actually like teach girls and to actually and and boys to be an actual useful advocate for women's rights. I just think that there's a lot of space for improvement and to learn here. So do that. All right. We'll be right back. All right. So on a lighter note, we have some shout outs that we want to give The first one is going to Shannon Sharp for (laughs) being a whole ass nigga. (laughs) A uncle. A uncle. (laughs) He was giving you major uncle tease on, what's the sports ball show? I don't know
1: the name of his Ah, show. Ah, damn, I thought you knew. I don't watch his show. I just follow him on Twitter.
0: Okay, so he basically, I don't know if we can play it because I feel like it's like rights or something, but it is on the Jade Room and a plethora oh, of I other places. It. I found it.
1: Co-host Undisputed.
0: With Skip Bayless. And yeah. Yeah. Shit. It's hilarious. <laughs> he was on he there being a whole nigga. It was like, I be on the mouth and that yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was so good. Y'all just have to go back and look at it. But because it was so Southern, too. It was so like, Southern. I think that's
1: why I appreciate it so much. Because it was so...
0: Southern. It was authentic, yeah. And the girl was like, "This is really off brand,"
1: and he was basically like, "Fuck you, this me. like." <laughs> and then, um, what's his name? Skin was like. Where do you buy those, Rite Aid? Yes, nigga. <laughs> to which I say, yeah. <laughs> Go get yourself. It was such a
0: pro It was a, a a proud moment for me. I just, my spirit was so full. My spirit
1: was full too. That was awesome. I watched it like 10 times back to back.
0: Okay, but I wonder what his white wife thought about that. Like, did she know what he was even saying? Oh, probably not. Who cares? I don't that. I was very curious about that. Like, I just was like, what were her thoughts here? um so shannon sharp not only for getting these white people the to fuck together in the sports ball industry we love sports you sports ball Sports ball. he comments on everything okay damn i know he played football i think he in the hall of fame i think i watched his thing shut up nikki I was
1: anyway giving her a hard time for saying sports ball
0: as per use mm-hmm. anywho our next shout out is to everyone affiliated with the Deaf Comedy Jam 25th anniversary. The Nostalgia. Oh, thank
1: nostalgia. you, Netflix. Thank you, Netflix. Okay, real quick. Were you a Comic View girl or a Deaf Jam girl? Or both?
0: I, I want to say both, but... I have to think in terms of like age and where I was. I think I watched Comic View more, mm-hmm. and then we didn't have cable at our house for so long. So I would only get to see it like if we went to my grandparents' house because they had exactly HBO. Exactly
1: what me and Lacy were saying. Yeah,
0: I, I like <laughs> see HBO has been blessing our lives for so much longer than we realize. You know, because not only ha- do we have Game of Thrones they also brought us up with Def Comedy Jam. But yeah, that was like a special thing. It was like a luxury to be able to like watch it because it's a premium channel. Yeah, it
1: was good. And I really liked how one of the comics said, they were like, thank you, Russell Simmons and Stan Lathan. Like, you know, if it wasn't for y'all, these white people wouldn't even know that we existed because before, you know, they were trying to get on and they just shaded them. It was like, it wasn't until... Deaf comedy jam, comic view, where they were being recognized. Like, right. And what I, if Chris Rock never got discovered or Dave Chappelle, you know what I'm saying? Like, or Martin. Well, you know, it's
0: very interesting because now as an adult, I'm like, oh, I guess that was like revolutionary for mm-hmm. them to have that. And when you look at it now, there isn't really a platform for black up and comers like that. For all we know, there are like a shit ton of underground black comedians that aren't getting exposure because they don't have that kind of platform anymore like you have to be a person like a real like yeah. ouch person to get a netflix special or to write for snl or you know a lot of them start off in improv or whatever like in yeah. an improv troupe improv is expensive like so everyone doesn't have access to it and it kind of made me feel like damn this might be something they need to have Again, because when you think about it, you can only name how many new comedians right now. Yeah, it's, what Lil Real, Lil
1: Duval. Why am I drawing a blank? DC, Michael Shay. Yeah, D.C. McFly.
0: Oh He's yeah, in TRL now. Yeah, Vine. You know what? Social media is a good. A, is the
1: platform? Yeah, maybe
0: social media is the platform. Um, Young King Batch definitely like came up on Vine.
1: I would say if we're talking about like TV on air. I think Wild and Out is a good show. Wildin' Out is and coming, good. Like, comedians to like, get discovered. But
0: I it's do still doing improv. You're not getting up there and being doing able to up. do like a set like of your set. own material. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And I don't know a good... I'm so like, pro-black. I want everything to be black. But I don't know a comedy club that I can go to where I'm just going to hear some black shit in here. And it probably does exist. If it does, please let me know. I want to go. But... I, I want to like have a nostalgic moment, like coming view chocolate. Do you some think? More, here's Montana. my question: Do you
0: think that that show could do well today? And I, how do I want to phrase that? Like how a lot of people, and don't beat me up. I'm not saying I agree or disagree, but how a lot of people feel that Martin didn't age well. Like Martin couldn't be new today. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, Martin couldn't come out today. Could a comic view or a deaf comedy jam format the way that it was, could it survive today? Would it do as well today?
1: I think so. I think so. I think it would. I think today we're way more diverse. I think I don't think it's like, obviously, you know, we have BT for black people because we didn't always have our own station, which is monumental. But I think Gen Z, is that their generation? Mm hmm. They are way more, like, intertwined <laughs> than uh-huh, we were. Uh-huh. So I don't think it would be, like, as Black. Mm. It would be more, you know, for everyone.
0: Okay. For all people. It It would be an All Lives Matter comedy jam.
1: All Lives Matter <laughs> comedy jam. Um, but that's so sad because I feel like a lot of the references and, like, some of those old jokes, I'm like, do kids even, like, know What's funny
0: anymore? Well, I think comedy changes because that's... I mean, our parents probably could have said the same thing to us about, like, Richard Pryor. Or but Bill. I
1: feel like we could still watch Richard Pryor today and still laugh. But
0: we're right at the cusp. You know what I mean? Like, our age group is right at the cusp of when things went super, like, technology and mm-hmm. super... You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... <laughs> it almost feels like we're the last generation of people who are connected to our parents culture does that make sense yeah it makes perfect sense like we're so in love with like funk music like earth wind and fire and mm-hmm. gap band and Shalomar bitch yes like it just doesn't seem that kids these days kids these days i'm though i'm one of those people now how old are you proud okay, okay. um <laughs> give me some <laughs> name, name that movie <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know it seems like they don't care to have like the connection to to what their parents were into or I don't know
1: maybe they don't appreciate it I, I, I don't think they do they it's so funny because Lacey and I were having a conversation again Lacey's my sister guys and we were saying like we were thinking about like Thinking back on how we would go to Morris Brown's homecoming and go to the parade. (gasps) Little, little known fact. What?
0: When I was little, I was in the Morris Brown homecoming parade on the Delta float. Oh, nice. I was always destined to be a Delta.
1: Always destined, yes. Um. Go ahead, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. But we were just saying like how... Like, that was a thing. That's what we yeah. did. And we didn't have to go to an HBCU to get that experience because it was just ingrained in us growing up.
0: Oh, my God. I was having this conversation with some friends who shall remain nameless, but y'all know who the hell y'all are, who went to HBCUs, whereas you and I both went to PWIs. And they're just like, no, being at an at HBCU, it's just like, it's nothing you would ever experience. It, and I'm just like, I'm sure it wasn't. But we're from Atlanta. We grew up with black people. We grew up with black culture. So you're not mean, going like... to tell me that I needed to go to college to get that experience. I feel like HBCUs for that in terms of that, that's for people who didn't get to grow up with black people or black culture and they need to yeah, get there or
1: didn't have like aunts uncles or even their parents that were alumni because that, was, like that was the thing you always went to homecoming growing up you went to battle of the bands growing up ah, you went to um, battle of the bands. um not the million man march but uh, 100 black men you went to that you went to like all of the classics like that's Ooh, just what you need were you in jack and jill no i wasn't in jack and jill but my husband ashley I probably didn't want to be in Jack and Jill until I was, like, in high school when I realized that I was kind of, like... Bougie? If we Stuck up? use that word, okay. okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I didn't really miss anything. But I feel like that was for the Cascade kids.
0: Do you know that that's literally in my mind when I said Jack and Jill, in my mind, I was picturing Cascade. Yeah. Literally, yeah. that's yeah. what I was thinking.
1: But even still, like, I felt like that i was honorary don't you feel like you could
0: have been honorary of course i mean we know things hair toss even though we ain't
1: got no hair Um, bald (laughs) as fuck (laughs) 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 but yeah like just going back to the whole comic view dev comedy jam thing like it was just it's just all very nostalgic and all very black
0: it was so black and there was no need to explain references I appreciated seeing so many people in the crowd who I haven't seen in so long. Mm -hmm. And also, like, seeing Joe Torre. I forgot about him. And seeing Robert Townsend, Robert Townsend was such a huge part of my childhood Mm -hmm. from watching Five Heartbeats and Meteor Man and um, what was it? The Parenthood? The Parenthood. He was... Honestly, when I was little and I first saw Five Heartbeats, I had a huge crush on Robert Townsend. I know that's very bizarre. It's very weird. My mom thought it was very weird for it, but I had a huge crush on him. And even when I saw him last night, I was like, oh, he's still kind of cute. I
1: fucking hate you.
0: Judge me. Judge me. I am. I don't even care. But I got unexpectedly emotional
1: mm-hmm.
0: especially when Tracy Morgan was talking and he was he was so emotional in how he was talking about what Martin Lawrence did mm-hmm. for his career I thought that was so beautiful it was so
1: beautiful and I'm I'm sad because like I feel like Martin could easily be like chris rock is today or oh like yeah Dave chappelle today
0: okay speaking of which i was listening to um hannibal burris's podcast mm-hmm. and where he was interviewing chris rock and chris rock was saying how um martin lawrence opened a show for him one of his like first like major shows and he was like he didn't even want to fucking go on after him because he was like he had the crowd so hype and he was like I think he said he went after him and bombed mm-hmm. cuz he couldn't measure up to who Martin was and when they were talking about physical comedy I was mm-hmm. like shit Martin was a very yes, physical comic yes. yeah and I wonder what like what exactly happened that he even when he was up there he didn't seem
1: as He didn't seem comfortable it was something yeah. like he seemed a bit jaded and I think it it was maybe because I don't know. I told Lacey that maybe he was embarrassed but just from, you know, what happened. All the adoration. Things. Yeah. Like back in the 90s when he went through the whole thing with um, Teacher Campbell mm. and like, you know, um, running down the highway yeah. naked and just kind of going through it. So I don't know. Maybe he, I just felt like he felt uncomfortable. You know, I do too. Even towards the end when he did like the, the wrap up or whatever, it, it was just like this. Something's wrong. Yeah, something's, something's not. not he, he's
0: off. not who we remember him being. Yeah. Even when you think about Thin Line Between Love and Hate, oh. which is one of my favorite movies of yes. all time, like, I. <gasps> the lali i'm sorry i fucked it's up your mother ma- i i didn't mean the fuck up your malik or whatever <laughs> and now every time i where do we see did we see the Lalique store
1: yes or, on fifth avenue
0: and we both saw it at the same time and like died laughing because yes. it's just such like a black reference and it's such like a high-end like thing to have mm-hmm. but like that's a black cultural reference that like We wouldn't have known about had it not
1: been for Lynn Whitfield and fucking Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. But you know who I was so uncomfortable with watching? Steve Harvey. Oh, my God. He irks me to my core. I do not like him. No, I don't either. Does anyone like him? I mean, obviously they do. I don't
0: think that we can discredit like what he did for a black comedy before he became this like mainstream ass person. What did he do? He... I'm sorry, but I enjoyed him on Kings or Comedy. I, I really did. I, was I he the best? No, but I did no. enjoy him.
1: Cedric, the Entertainer, and Bernie Mac were the best.
0: I'll give you that. I fully I, I agree with it, but I didn't not enjoy him. Okay. Um, especially, yeah, I've seen like his stand-up sets and have like really enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. And what was I watching when I was home? Some special, maybe it was on own. Where he was even talking about his his come up and it did endear him a little bit to me. And it Mm -hmm. kind of it kind of made me understand a little bit more of like why he is the way that he is, because he was saying that he when he decided to do comedy, he went to his boss and told him, like, I want to leave. I want to pursue comedy. And his boss was like, I'm going to pretend you never said this because I know this ain't what you want to do. So I'll see you tomorrow. And he came back to work the next day and just went ahead and quit and was like sleeping in his car like his wife and kids left his then wife and kids left him or whatever. And just I feel like when a person is so hungry for the level of success that he's actually achieved, I feel like it's a hold on to it and get more by any means necessary. Not saying that that's a good thing, but I kind of understand like Chris Rock said, I understand, but I wouldn't do it.
1: Yeah. But it, it did make just,
0: me uncomfortable because it's like, you kind of like a traitor to it, this.
1: It, a traitor, but it just seemed like he wasn't as connected to the group. The oh, yeah. In the audience. It was just like, mm, do you belong? I don't think so. And also, Cheryl um, Underwood. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. God, I felt like I was going to mess it up. But Cheryl... Has always just been loud to me. I could see you not liking a Cheryl. She's funny, don't get me wrong. I do like her stand-up, but in the opening... When they came out, mm -hmm. I was just like, will you shut up? Like, you don't need
0: to. But I did like that Steve Harvey was like, you got to let some of these shits go. You ain't got to say every ad lib." And because I was literally thinking that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, there may still be some hope for Uncle Steve yet. She
1: was so excited. She
0: was doing a lot. She was doing a lot. Um, But I did like the mix. I liked the mix of the personalities, mm-hmm. and I would be really curious because I know that white women have such a, hard, a quote unquote hard time in comedy. I feel like is there a level of camaraderie amongst, like, for black, comedians, black like women comedians. comedians? Like, do they? I would be curious to hear the stories. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, did you feel supported? Because I was listening to um, what is her name? Is her name who was in Shalimar? the woman oh oh god i know what you're talking about she was talking about how she felt so unsupported in that group like and they would go into different spaces and men would be so disrespectful to her or like trying to like fill up on her or you know like talk really sexually to her and Mm -hmm. she didn't have the support of her group members or of any of the men who she knew um and they would just tell her like oh you being a bitch And that kind of I that sparked like a thought Jody Watley Jody Watley that sparked a thought process for me because I was just wondering like of the female comics who were there did they encounter any of that kind of like pushback from black male comedians because I know like a lot of white women now have been like coming out in one way or another saying that like Louis C K who's a white um, Mm -hmm, male comedian is like extremely sexist and inappropriate with female comics and I just wonder what the dynamic is like or what it was like and where it is now like mm-hmm. do they like support Tiffany Haddish like and did they back in the day support some more you know what i mean like i where was was fix- some
1: more i did not see some more but i saw her uh, half sister me along in the audience
0: you just <laughs> dropped some knowledge on me. Did not know that.
1: You didn't know they were half sisters? Yeah. No. They're half sisters.
0: That's almost like Lisa Ray and DeBrett. Like <laughs> mind blowing.
1: <laughs> we should, next podcast, maybe not the next one, but we should do like revelations. Like, you know, like how um, Marvin Gaye and uh, what's Tina Knowles' new husband? Uh, oh, uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Richard. Lawson uh-huh, uh-huh so his daughter Bianca Lawson like her aunt like they got a real like that yeah it's real like royalty like yeah, especially yeah, 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 yeah. with him marrying and Tina and how they're related to like uh Barry Gordon it's and all Martin
0: m- Barry Gordy it's almost oh a uh Game of Thrones type thing like a like a what is it called when they like combine powers? <laughs> like the heads of these families have to marry the heads of these right. families to keep this bloodline, keep going. The bloodline going. But yeah, we just want to shout out black comedy because I feel like it's comedy that has enabled us to sustain so much bullshit that we've gone through that we're still going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how they talked about how it was like social commentary and I think that's a very specific kind of comedy that people do. Chris Rock, I think, is very good at social commentary, specifically social commentary. Whereas you have Kevin Hart, who mostly just talks about like everyday life, being mm-hmm. married, being a father, whatever. But back in the day, I feel like almost everybody did that. Everybody has something to say about OJ because there, like they said, there was no social media to discuss this stuff. And that was your opportunity. Yes. To do oh, it. my
1: God. Tonight, or listeners, whenever you get a chance, if you go to YouTube and type in Come View," there is a, like, a maybe 30 minutes long, like, it's a, a set of, like, every comedian on Come View that talked about the OJ case. I got my life. It was so good.
0: Just the nostalgia of it. I just, I appreciate it so much. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine not too long ago who was kind of saying, like, well, what does it mean to be Black? What's Black culture? Did, and this person is Black. And I was just like bitch you know what's black like you know what's uniquely ours and it's like stuff like this is just such an affirmation of that or a confirmation of that like mm-hmm. I just I don't know like I I was like beaming with pride at, like at the whole thing so shouts out to Def Comedy Jam, Russell, and Stan, Stan Lathan. What else does Stan Lathan do? Did, did he do Fresh Prince
1: of Bel-Air too? He didn't do Fresh Friends. He's done a I'm lot of I'm thinking about.
0: He's had his hand in a lot of things, but I'm just appreciative for the the not black
1: his daughter who's
0: fabulous. I'm just appreciative of the um the who's his daughter. So Lathan. So Lathan is his daughter. Mm-hmm. Thank you. She's kind of weird though. You think so? We'll talk about it later. Um, I'm appreciative of those black creators yeah. who and the people who had like the vision to put that kind of stuff forward. It just it makes me very thankful.
1: Stan. Yeah. He he did a lot of stuff. Yeah. Martin, Moesha,
0: Parker,
1: Steve Harvey show.
0: Okay. Quick question before we close out. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know you said A Different World was like the defining sitcom or, yeah, comedy or whatever, like of your childhood. Uh Uh-huh. But we were fairly young when that was out. If you think about like being a teen, a preteen, whatever, what other show do you feel like really like? influence like was like your go-to shit when you was little like or co- not little but like coming of age
1: uh, oh you have one i
0: really are you gonna say holy shit? i don't want to give that to her because she's such a shit person but there was so something about like first of all her hair mm-hmm. the fashions Like the Dear Diary and the music and all that stuff. Like, I really loved that. My other one is very random. What? Brace yourself.
1: Is it black?
0: Yeah, it's black. The whole family? No, it makes no sense why this is like a defining show of my childhood.
1: What? New York Undercover. Oh, bitch, what? Yes, huh? I loved I New York am Undercover. i still looking for Natalie's, a place where I can go on Friday night and hear some good live Y'all, music. Y'all, when I tell you she's serious <laughs> about
0: this, because every time we're out, she's like, I just wish we had a Natalie's. Where and I'm like,
1: Natalie's. New York Undercover was good. I still watch the reruns. I loved home. it.
0: And I remember I was like, I had a crush on the, the Hispanic detective. Uh-huh. And my mom was like, oh, you color struck. And when I was little, I was like, what does that even mean?
1: What does that even mean?
0: And she was just like, what's his name? Torres? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Detective Torres. And she was like, you colorstruck. Everybody know Malik Yoba, the finest one. Da-da-da. Meanwhile, as an aside, I saw Mr. Yoba at... Brooklyn Museum first Saturdays. Oh uh, yeah. And I was like, oh my goodness, Mr. Mr. Yoba. Because I didn't I didn't know what to say. You know, I get I get like starstruck. Mr. Yoba. I didn't know what to say, and he didn't even turn around because he was like, that person sounds crazy, which is probably a good decision. <laughs> Guess who else I saw on the street? You're gonna oh. put you're gonna punch me in the face because I didn't say anything to him because it was a major opportunity, but I couldn't think of shit to say. Oh. I get starstruck very easy. Barry Jenkins. <gasps> what? Oh and he was God. he was taking pictures with people at the hotel He's, where we saw the, the pre-screening mm-hmm. next to my job. Yeah. Yeah. He's filming a
1: new show, a new movie of James Baldwin. That could have been our big break. And yeah. um, I got that up for us. A friend of mine, her one of her good friends was just cast in it. Oh,
0: congratulations, friend of a friend of a friend. Hey, girl. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are our shout outs.
1: Oh, next week. Can we talk about um, like groups and songs like for, I want to talk about like immature okay
0: yeah like, we'll have a, a 90s R&B show okay na- okay, but remember this because we were supposed to talk about something we this week and I forgot <laughs> low, low <laughs> down d- wait can we take a moment for the Wayans family yes the Wayans family has touched me at every part of my life and I know that that came out weird but they really have from In Living Color
1: Miss mm-hmm. Jenkins
0: I was upstairs selling <laughs> tampons and pumpkin seeds <laughs> why tampons and pumpkin seeds because why not i'll never get over that that y'all youtube that it is a blessing but even like have you tried to watch lethal weapon
1: yes I it's like very it. funny always, like, he's always been one of my favorites
0: yeah it's really funny and even um my i watched. Yeah, but I watched his son on um New Girl. Oh yes. and I watched him on Happy Endings, which was a very good sitcom that got cancelled way too soon. But that family has like been a part of my life my entire life. Blank Man. Blank Major Pain. pain.
1: Major Pain. Did you watch Marlon's sitcom? That was really good. I too. did. I did start it. And you know what?
0: I love what's the, the wife, ex wife's name? Who oh, which one? <sighs> which brother? Uh, on the show marlon oh essence Essence? she yeah she has so much reverence for him Mm -hmm. i was reading a caption of hers i think it was like his birthday or something and i was just like i love this camaraderie i love it it just it makes me happy to see i think that i just have like an affinity for like platonic relationships between black men and black women Mm -hmm. where it's just like a mutual support and i'm so thankful that i have like those kinds of men in my life Mm Shouts out to y'all i love y'all Um, before we close out, I do want to say I had the opportunity to read one of my pieces live for the first time at the duplex on Sunday. It was very nerve wracking, but I had a gaggle of bad bitches there to support me. (laughs) And so I just want to thank them. And I want to thank The Connect and LCK Productions for having me and, um, that was great. So I'll post the piece that I uh, that I wrote and read soon. Um, Nikki Lauren wanted me to play it here, but I will not because there's room for improvement.
1: <laughs> okay. You know you. Um. Shout out to Monica who, who who found um what's his name for me? Kay. Stay down, Kay. She found Kay for me. She On Twitter. Me. Yes. Thank you so much, loyal listeners. I appreciate. You
0: advice for the week (laughs) jesus i almost forgot just really quick y'all please be more discerning about how you ingest and share media because there's actual fake news out there that people like spread and don't think twice about it there's a reason why there are reputable news sources and why there's like the national Enquirer. So before you repost something or share something or retweet something, consider the source. That's all I'm saying. Like, and we don't have to delve into that very deeply, but just consider the source. So that's my advice for the week.
1: All right. Well, it's been real. Yeah.
0: Subscribe, like, comment. Um, Send us a gold star. (laughs) Send us some money. Oh, my God. We should set up a GoFundMe. Just. Because we need funds, because we live in New York. Yeah, send us money. We'll tell you how to do that at some point. <laughs> tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Email us at ncbpodcast at gmail.com. I am on Instagram at not Carrie Bradshaw.
1: I am also on Instagram at lauren 88
0: You gonna tell them your Twitter name? No. All right, that's smart. Okay, until next time, listeners. Bye. Bye.